Hey everybody, Sal here with a quick summary of today's episode. In this episode, I get to talk with my guest, Havel Havoc Respiz, who is an old teammate of mine when we used to run for San Diego Mesa College. He actually tells me about how he got inspired to start running again, especially right now with the conditions that we have with the coronavirus, and how motivated he was when he failed at getting to the race that he wanted to in high school so that he can actually do it in college. I hope you guys give it a good lesson to this episode because it's pretty motivational when you hear how spiritual this guy truly is. I hope you enjoy the run. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and listeners, thank you very much for joining and listening to On the Run with Sal, the podcast where we correlate philosophy and running through a good conversation. My guest today, Havel Respes, or as I know you, Havoc. What's up, Havoc? Hey, how's it going? Chilling, brother, chilling. You know, we're here at Subterranean Coffee Shop in North Park. Just having a good old cup of coffee every single time. It always happens. So every single time I do these interviews, I forget to turn off the thing or whatever, or the my oh, ringer. Not, yeah, so everybody hears that I got a text message or whatever. So yeah, I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> Havoc, what's up with you, man? Are you a busy guy? Uh, yeah, I'm quite busy. I like to stay busy. There you um, go. You know, I think it's important to to keep yourself busy. Um, I, right now, I just like reading and um, just studying, too, you know? Yeah. Like observing, too. Just, it, it's good to just sit back and... Uh, kind of listen and see what's going on in the world. I'm with you, man. That's a very existentialistic point of view. And just before getting all that stuff, uh, I got a good old cup of coffee. That's what I was going to say before I got interrupted by my phone. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that, that I got this good old Colombian cup of coffee at Subterranean here in North Park, and you got the ice mocha. How's that ice mocha, man? Um, It's good. Uh, I like it. It's got that creaminess to it? Yeah, chocolatey. There you go. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, Havoc, you know what? Let's go a little bit of a background story about uh, who who you are as my friend. Uh, what, when did we meet? Or do you remember when we met? Um, I know we met at uh, in community college, junior mm-hmm. college at Mesa. Um, I'm not too sure about the year, but it was quite some time ago now. I remember we were in orientation together or something. Yeah. Like we were in the classroom together and we were talking about <clears throat> our events and what type of running we did and stuff. Was so. that the Jared Rome classroom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was... Dude, all the track athletes there would just never shut up, man. Yeah. They would never shut up. <laughs> yeah, till then they figured out that the Mexican guy over here who has his podcast just never shuts up, too. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I remember having that class... Uh, but I mean, we were on the cross country team. Uh, but you know, let's just talk a little bit about cross country, our background in running, and, and when did you actually start running? Um, I started running like in um, in high school. But my my main sport, my first love, was always basketball. Mm-hmm. And so um, in high school during the off season. I just decided to keep myself busy by by joining the cross country team. Yeah, and um, I just been kind of like always athletic, you know. Just yeah, but I never really pushed myself into 
my senior year of high school. Mm. And um, it's cool. I, I ended up um, doing really well in the 800 and um, yeah. in the mile. And um, I just remember I really wanted to make CIF. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to make CIF. And the whole year, I think the qualifying time was um, was two minutes uh -huh. for the 800. And the whole year, I was stuck on 201. Oh, shit. And, um, yeah, even on the last race, I got 201. And um, so I missed the qualifying time and the qualifying placement. Yeah. And um, I really didn't see myself running after high school at all. But... Um, just you know kind of failing in that kind of made me think like uh, a pursuit like I, I, yeah I want to I want to keep running like um, I didn't take it very seriously before that so like now that I was that close to that goal it just made me just unsatisfied with like I didn't want things to end that way you know so I decided to join the cross-country team with Mesa and it was really great um Co Coach Hunt was probably one of my favorite coaches of all time I gotta say I'm with you on that for sure I am definitely with you on that well what is it about Coach Hunt that actually what did he teach you to say wow he's giving me such good information and he's a good coach well what did he Coach Hunt say yep a lot like I I liked how he was uh I remember he pulled us aside and he was talking about, you know, he's he, his scouting and his his recruit process. Mm. It wasn't about getting the fastest people, the most talented people. It was just he liked well-rounded people, you know, just mm. um, people that would put in the work and um, and he left it up to you too. He yeah. wasn't like very very mad you know all the time like you you, you need to run this you need to do this he yeah was just like he wasn't he the coach you. yeah you well i mean i like it that, that that you actually say that he left it up to you the reason why is because i got to talk to rodrigo baza do you remember rodrigo yeah no? yeah rodrigo and i actually interviewed him and he said that coach hunt would show or would tell us that learn from the race yeah. Feel what the body feels. Yeah. So, I mean, you're the one acting upon the activity, and you have to react upon other people's reactions in a race, and you have to feel and notice how that feels. Yeah. And then when you know how that feels, is am I to be using this kind of tactic next race, or is that something I'm supposed to be avoiding? Yeah. And that feeling the experience, noting, you know, noticing the experience. So obviously the well-roundedness, the leave it to yourself to learn from your own experience, what you're doing, your decision-making. That's very important. Uh, so that's, that's awesome, man, that you actually got to you know, experience having a good coach that, that lets you run on your own in yeah. a race instead of hurry up, get faster, yeah, move yeah. quicker. I, I hate that style of coaching. Yeah, yeah. But it's you know. too like um, it's too competitive. I feel like like mm -hmm. uh, it's not like fun anymore. And I think but his style made it fun. Yes. I I saw myself progressing a lot through that time. Like I came in like just I didn't even have very many running shorts. Like I I was just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just like basketball. Not, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't like serious. Like yeah. And I, I went through the process and learned like what I needed to do to be, you know, successful as a runner. Yeah. Now you know what? I I want you to tell me a little bit of. Uh, I, I remember a really cool race, and it was your first conference at at San Diego Mesa College. 2012 track and field conference. It was you and Carlos Bajorquez, and I don't know if Temeskin was there. No, mm -hmm. T wasn't there. T wasn't there that year. But it was you and Carlos Bajorquez in the 800, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. And and the, the Cuyamaca guys were were right there, and you guys had like 200 meters to go, and there was like some pushing some pushing and, and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you want to tell me a little bit about that race, that would be great because that's the one I remember you guys actually looking like. Man, you guys are actually competing. Uh, or, or tell me a race that that you said, man, that was that was track and field right there. That's a full track and field experience. I I got a PR. I got the W. A race that you can actually remember that gave you that full experience. Well, I do remember that race kind of. Mm. I, I remember. Um, I think that was my first year in track. Yeah. Um, and so I. I still wasn't, I was still learning the process and it's a, I was realizing that it was a, like a year long process that yeah. like in order to be like that champion, you had to put in the work in the off season. And um, so I was there, I, I think I was probably like fourth, fifth place. But I remember seeing the pushing going on. We it was an 800, so we finished the first lap. Yeah. And as we were coming around the corner, um, everybody's trying to qualify. I think so for yeah. like the top four. I think the top three. For SoCal. And yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, I remember there was that rivalry kind of going on between Cuyamaca guys and Mesa, and. Um, I think um, I think Carlos was ahead all the time. Yeah, maybe Cuyamaca guy had the lead in the first time, but yeah, Carlos ended up winning, and I think I was like I finished fourth place or third place, but um, I, I just I do remember it being intense because I wanted to prove, you know, myself and just uh, make Coach Hunt proud too. You know, people. Because there was that rivalry going on, I wanted to be like, I wanted to prove people that like what Coach Hunt is doing, it, it's working for me, it's yeah. working for everybody. So um, I just, I, I remember that was probably one of the most intense races because I feel like people could have got disqualified for that. Like people were yeah, shoving yeah. and it was just crazy. <laughs> no, man, that, that race. It's, it's fun to look back at now, though. Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. So when you. So you, you from, from what I remember Coach Hunt just saying, I swear I thought Havel was just going to come around the corner and then just blew everybody away. I remember Coach Hunt saying that for that race. And obviously, you know, with all the the, the interference of what was happening, because I remember that I think Carlos got pushed in to lane one. Yeah. And then the Cuyamaca guy, like, pushed him out or, or something like that. You were coming around the corner and looks like you were going to like outkick everybody but let's give a little carlos bajorquez background because in high school he was a cif 800 meter champion yeah i think he was like in my um 
I don't know. Not I don't know if he was in my division or what. But like I seen him at invites and mm -hmm. I saw him at like his times and stuff and I was like, dang, this guy Yeah, is, he's for real. He's good, yeah. Yeah. No, I even remember seeing that one picture on Facebook that he had. He was on the eight hundred relay and this guy is jacked, bro. <laughs> like no yeah. no, not eight hundred relay, the four by four. He was in the four by four and, and he had the the baton and everything and he's jacked. So I'm like I'm looking at this guy, it's like he's a man bro he's a yeah, yeah. lean mean he looks like lopez lamont you know i don't know if you ever know who lopez lamont is but one of those professional runners who looks like that guy's jacked yeah. for, for a runner you know <laughs> but what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is uh he he went to state and he was a cif champion and then here you coming in right behind him like toe to toe and all you did was follow coach hun's advice you yeah. learn from Coach Hunt's advice. You, you know, you had a mentor who said, you, you're the kind of guy who has the talent. All you got to do is follow someone who can guide that talent yeah. to, you know, to lead you to either that victory or whatever it is. And I, I mean, you, you progressed because I, I remember you didn't even like cross country. No, I, no yeah. I didn't. And I just, I remember... Um, <laughs> Another guy who inspired me was uh, Dylan, like Dylan. Dylan Marks, yeah. Yeah, Dylan Marks, like uh, he. I didn't invite that dude into this podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to yeah. Dylan. Shout out to Dylan Marks, man. <laughs> there, I still have that Facebook picture of you guys together holding that conference, the, the cross country yeah. conference title. So that still exists. I'm gonna post that later for sure. I but, just yeah, I, Dylan I, Marks. I do remember, like, um, I think uh, I remember in track. Uh, I saw him. Uh, well, I know Coach Hunt was always on him about, like, you know, getting more serious. Like, mm. And uh, I just saw the progression of Dylan, how he uh, was doing doubles. He was um, putting in the long miles. And, uh, like, he was eating better, going to sleep yeah. better. And, like, he ended up winning, like, I think two championships in, in track that year. So, like, yeah. the next year, I, I was like... I realized like what to get to that level it needed to be like a process from day one like mm -hmm. I had to start from the year ahead and put in more miles I started doing more doubles I started sleeping better like yeah that guy really inspired me just seeing how he took it to the next level because he was always talented but yeah. he just took it to another level and, no, I, I know what you're talking about. He won the 5,000 meters at the, the state championship for community college and the 3,000 meter steeplechase. Yeah, and yeah. You come back to a double, bro. Yeah. yeah. And still his time, I think he ran 907 for 3,000 meter steeplechase, which I haven't even gotten yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, if I apply myself and do it in all the process, I might be able to get it sometime this next track season. God bless. Hopefully this whole coronavirus thing gets 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 away yeah uh but yeah no dylan marx has always been a a a, a good mo motivator inspire he, he has inspired because he's the guy who struggled so much in one aspect of his life just to better another aspect but then at the end of it all you know united right there in the center and say you know what i got my academics and I also mm -hmm. got my running back together. And now they're they're cycling here in the middle, not roaming around wherever they want in this whole world. So, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that we all need to learn how to do is how to balance out ourselves 
you know, after mm -hmm. we've learned the process of, of getting better. So let's just finish off with uh, what happened after San Diego Mesa College, and, and what did you, where, where did you go after San Diego Mesa College? Well, I went to um, Cal State San Marcos, mm -hmm. and um, I actually was like, I don't know, there was like a year where I just, um, well, I went there to study uh, sociology, mm -hmm. and I was starting to just learn more things about society and just learn stuff about myself, and um, there was like a year where I, I was like, man, I'm not going to do school anymore. Like, I, I thought it was like not for me, and uh, I just was like, there's too much debt going on, and you know, when I get out, will I find what I want out of life, and like, will it be worth it? So I just uh, just kind of quit for like a year. I just okay. Was working, 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 and uh, I ended up going back. Um, and I just finished my sociology degree because, like, I only had like um, a year left, I think, of yeah, studying. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought, why not just finish it up? And uh, I did that. And you know, sometimes I kind of wish I didn't, but I know I I like it. Like, I know it's taught me a lot. I would say more like uh, it's taught me how to learn. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, like um, just how to study, more so than just education. Cause now you know I'm I'm just reading on my own, and yeah, like, I'm learning so much just from this journey, just educating myself. Yeah. So. So you I, went to Cal State San Marcos, studied sociology, and you realize that that there's something that you 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 know that your kind of duty in a certain sense is to contribute to others. Yeah. Because you're seeing what the ties of, of, of a social structure uh, can actually become as a sociology major. Because sociology major, I mean, whoever created sociology, uh, who was the uh, founder of sociology? Was it Karl Marx? Uh, I, I don't know who founded it, but yeah, I know Marx was like um, a major figure and mm -hmm. like he had Marxism. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who created it. Yeah. No, well, I mean, at the end of it all, it's, it's knowing that society structure it changes society structured follows certain rules society yeah, yeah. it's always in a consistency of changing and following rules changing yeah. and following rules and there isn't no such thing as a normality to a yeah. certain extent right but you right now what what is what is it that you're reading right now that you're saying that you learned more after you got out of school by just not following the school system well, what are you reading right now? Well, right now I'm reading this book called Contagious. Mm. I, I don't know the author, but it's basically studying why why things stick and why things why people you know gravitate towards certain ideas, certain companies, certain people. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started it though, but it it's really good and. One of the reasons I started reading it was because like Nipsey Hussle, a uh, famous rapper who passed away, he, mm -hmm. he was known to be a big reader and um, he actually, he sold his mixtape for $100 and um, he got that idea from this book, from, wow. from Contagious, because in, in Contagious there was a restaurant owner 
who decided to sell his um, Philly cheesesteak for a hundred dollars, and um, it's like an outrageous price, but yeah, it ended up um, like propelling that restaurant forward because of. And the book goes over like six steps. I yeah. know one is like a trigger, one is social currency. Um, there's a lot of reasons why like that just stuck for people. It, mm-hmm. it was a good story. Like when people went and bought that hundred dollar cheesesteak. Cheese- <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good yeah, story yeah. to tell. Let me win the lottery first, then I'll go buy this hundred dollar <laughs> cheesesteak. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but you, but you were saying it triggered. Yeah, yeah, trigger too. Like, um, it worked in in Philadelphia because you know, cheesesteaks are really famous there. Mm-hmm. And if someone sees like a sign cheesesteak or whatever, or sees someone eating cheesesteak, it's very easy to just be like, "Oh, have you heard about that hundred dollar one?" Or like, that's how it would always stick around, and people yeah. would wanna wanna eat it. Um, you know, the the only thing I can can relate to a hundred dollar cheesesteak is uh i think it was a 300 dollar cup of coffee mm. i've not had this cup of coffee yet <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a coffee fanatic i love my cup of coffee usually east african coffee ethiopian mm. coffee <sighs> bellissimo <laughs> obviously i don't speak any italian but it just came up to me and said bellissimo but either way it's it's the 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 value that the person who created it says this is what it's worth Mm. Well, why is it worth that? You know, give them a whole hour, they'll tell you why it's worth it. Yeah. And then you'll lose that hour, but now you'll at least know why <laughs> it's worth it. $300,000, $3,000 cup of coffee. I think it was in Japan. And maybe the, my price range is wrong or whatever, but, you know, it's it's ridiculously crazy. But all, all I'm getting at is the trigger to say, well, that's outrageous. Yeah. You know, it, it sticks to you. Yeah, right. That, that, that's what it is. So I, I like that, man. I'm actually gonna be looking into that into that book or uh, audio book of it because I'm really into audiobooks. And for audiobooks, are not sponsored sponsored Libby. You want a digital library? Download Libby. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just I'm just messing around, you know, doing all this this uh, promoting stuff. Hopefully one day I'm gonna get promoted. Whoever already wants to give me some money, please. <laughs> <laughs> but. But contagious, uh, dude. That's that sounds like an awesome book, man. I yeah, like I, I like how powerful that word is, mm-hmm. because what, what, what do they say? You know, oh man, that that thing was so contagious. It, it got to me. Yeah. Oh, it got to you. Like it hooked, it, it grabbed you so hard that you actually had to follow with it and whatnot. And that's a, that's a great title for a book. Yeah. Um, it's kind but, of going with what's going on right now oh, too, yeah. like yeah. a viral outbreak. Just don't but, get don't get that contagious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, like, that's, that, cool. that's funny. Um, what else are you reading right now, man? That's actually you know propelling yourself uh, mentally too. Well, um, I finished um, a book called Real Magic. Real Magic. Yeah. I cool. want to listen to what you have to say about Real Magic, man. What it's the cool. hell is Real Magic? Um, it related. Uh, it related magic to. Um, just basically saying uh, how it's it's real. <laughs> that it's, how it's uh, real. <laughs> yeah. That because um, magic is uh, you think of like illusionists, you think of um, you know fraud sometimes, or, ah. like what you see on TV. But magic is like 
it's many different things and it was taking like a scientific study like a scientific approach to magic yeah. and how um, how just how everything you know many people don't realize how for example like religion mm -hmm. when, when you're praying it's 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 magic it's magical like, yeah of yeah. course i so, feel you you're, you're asking for something or you're being grateful for something you're attracting you're actually attracting that you're putting that out into the world and yeah everything is interconnected absolutely so like um, it just goes through studies on how how things happen like that how people could like uh there's a because there's a physical world going on right now that we see but there's mm -hmm. also like a spiritual world that we don't see yeah but we could feel it we could you know this sometimes the world will give us signs that it's there yeah yeah but, yeah um, i think uh, yeah that book was just going over how how important magic is and just giving it um more um credibility credibility yeah. okay cool you know uh have you have you listened to or watched that tv show on netflix called the midnight gospel yeah okay dude it's very good like it talks about a lot of stuff like that like, yeah you know, in an arbitrary way yeah very arbitrary way I, I i love it uh that thing that you said about magic did you watch the episode where he's interviewing a fish that's like all robotic oh, or whatever yeah he talks about magic yes yeah so Dude, that's cool <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> that's funny I, I watched that episode before i even read the book but oh okay it's crazy that because you know they talk about alistair crowley in the book uh -huh. and in that episode and um, about they talk about religion in that episode too uh -huh. and just how like yeah it's funny yeah no it's, it's like, Obviously, it's funny when you realize it. Yeah. It's funny when you realize it, how the, 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 the correlation of your experience actually connects with uh, what you've learned. Yeah. And then um, an experience passes by and you're like, oh, what? boom, they're, they're connected, right? Yeah. So let's say this. If I had never ever in my life, uh, this is just an example. If I'd never in my life had ever listened to David Bowie, that picture that's over there back there mm. in this subterranean coffee shop this mural it's david bowie with the, with the makeup of uh, 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 ziggy stardust mm. if i'd never listened to david bowie and i'd never actually liked david bowie i cannot make any correlations like oh why the hell does that guy have a lightning bolt in his face you know so so it's it's funny how how that's how life works you know it's use one thing and then at one point it connects to its it's sort of correlation yeah at a different point in life so you know you you prayer prayer is a person but but when a person prays you know they're creating magic are, are you doing any praying right now or or anything that you you know you're um, really trying to learn how to practice or better yourself at well in, I, a, in a in a in a linguistic verbal way of doing that kind of stuff yeah i i've also read um i think marcus aurelius uh, Ooh, meditation yes. meditations i think and um, he talks about prayer in a sense like um i think he mentions how like most people pray like um, can i have this can i have that and mm -hmm. i remember what stuck out to me was like he said um 
it's good to be grateful for things uh-huh. and things that you already have and that's gonna attract more and more because you know you know god or the universe whatever yeah. like if you're if you're grateful if it, if like if it sees that you're grateful for what you have you're gonna get more and, and more and more yeah so i i like to just especially when i go out for a run like i i look around and just i'm grateful to be out in nature yeah. i feel a part of the world when i'm running and just i know i know it's, some people may be like passing by me in the car or something mm-hmm. and then they'll be like oh i need to go on a run so i would like to be like that yeah. that kind of sign like i don't know i know i don't probably know them mm-hmm. but like you're creating a, a, a cause yeah for, for someone else's effect to say maybe i need to go off a run especially right now when people are noticing i've noticed people more people running right now yeah what do you think i created this podcast yeah and saying how Whoa. your mindset yeah i know yeah. there you go we're correlating <laughs> we're correlating running a philosophy right especially since i studied philosophy and communication obviously for me sharing in this vocalistic way is very important because this is my talent i'm, I'm not that great at writing structured ideas or, or books or essays or anything like that but if you want me to talk about philosophy and sharing uh, I will do more of the sharing than people will do more of the asking, I can tell you that, <laughs> you know? Uh, but that's why I'm inviting you, and, and, and I noticed that the reason why I invited you, one, you're a friend, but two is I saw that the books that you, you were reading, and you're trying to develop your spiritual self. Yeah. Because then after you develop your spiritual self, you kind of connect it to your mental self. Yeah. And then your mental self goes to your physical self. And then your physical self, you know, goes back to this whole thing. So I have this, you know, philosophical idea of creating this this human map, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted to share this with you uh, maybe in a couple minutes after uh, after we get back into... I, I, I'm here at Marcus Aurelius in my, in my brain map. And for brain maps... Albert Aguilera, thank you very much, because uh, this is genius, my friend. Look, we were talking about San Diego Mesa College, how basketball, you know, during the offseason got you into track, and then you talked to me about the CIF track race where we ran 201, got into San Diego Mesa College, Tom Hunt, you know, and just get, get, giving you a whole feedback, you know, and yeah. Albert Aguilera, thank you very much for the whole mind map. Um, it's crazy, it's crazy. Uh, but going back into Marcus Aurelius, Meditation, praying, you know, being grateful, being grateful. Uh, right now, what do you think is, is the most positive thing that has happened in your life and that you're grateful for right now? Oh, uh, I just, uh, a lot, but I, I know um, when you said the 201, when I got 201, I, I seemed like I, I felt like I failed at that time. Mm. And... Um, I'm actually really grateful for like my failures, kind of, you know, and like my down, my down times. Cause mm-hmm. like I know, I know these challenges are are learning, learning, learning tools. Um, um, Jay Z has a good line that I like, where he says, uh, "Jay Z is my favorite of all time." By the way, just so if you want to give 
Havel his birthday present, give him a Jay-Z album or a t-shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay-Z is the greatest. Um, he, he has this line where he's like, um, appreciate the pain, it's a blessing. And a loss ain't a loss, it's a lesson. And um, Appreciate the pain, it's a lesson. Appreciate the pain, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, okay. A loss ain't a loss, it's a lesson. A loss ain't a loss, it's a lesson. Well, look at me, I don't listen to rap. As you can see, I listen to a lot of David Bowie <laughs> or the Beatles. Uh, but that's that's awesome. Yeah. Appreciate the pain, it's a blessing. A loss ain't a loss. Ain't a loss. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. What's the name of that song, man? Because I need a, yeah. I think it's called Smile. Smile? Dear yeah. the Lord. No wonder people listen to Jay-Z. Because it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. good. Yeah. I don't listen to too much Jay-Z. Right now I'm learning how to listen to Tupac. Oh yeah, Tupac's yeah. another guy that's um, very inspirational. But uh -huh. um, yeah, going back to like um, what I'm most grateful for too. Um, um, I actually like I tore my Achilles in last last year. Oh shit! Okay, playing, playing basketball. And uh, damn, dude, that was like the most painful thing I've ever had. Like and. Like I, I really wanted to like kind of cry when that happened too, cause oh, like man. I knew, I knew how like it was gonna be a year long process before I could like even run or like walk. Mm. So, and when that happened, um, like I could hear the pop, you know, in my in my foot, and I could not, I could not move my foot. It was just like a burning sensation all up my leg, but. Uh, you know that that really forced me to just be like um, to just kind of slow down mm -hmm. in life. You know, during that time, I, I I didn't work for like for like eight months. I I was on crutches for like oh shit seven months and just like um, I knew I had to get my mind you know keep my mind active. Yeah, and yeah. I knew that um, I couldn't be strong, you know, physically. Like, I couldn't make myself strong, stronger physically, so I saw that as an opportunity to make myself mentally stronger, mm -hmm. and I just began reading books. Um, the first book I got during that time was Shoe Dog by, oh, okay, by nice. the Nike creator. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil Knight? Yeah. Phil Knight. And that was well, a really good book. I'm just going to put it out there. I think uh, the creator of the shoe, Bill Bowerman. Phil Knight, I'll give you to the corporate aspect of selling shoes. And obviously mm. he did a lot more because he yeah, yeah. presented the ideas <laughs> to the Japanese with, with the Asics running shoe and and all that kind of stuff. But obviously for Bill me, Bauer, yeah, Bill Bowerman created the shoe. Yeah. I, I give I to whoever <laughs> was the creative mind that actually made the product, I give more credit to, to that person. Yeah. Because what does that mean? That the corporate aspect of Phil Knight, because he went to business at, and studied at Stanford, he he said, this has value. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want other people to see the value of this. So that's why I give it a little bit more to the creator of the value, not the mm. one who sees the value. Nothing wrong with you, Phil Knight. Don't <laughs> sue me. Don't know, know nothing. I appreciate you making Nike what it is. Um, but, but, you know, you even want to give thanks more to Bill Bowerman than, than yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry again. <laughs> but it's, a, it's just 
That that's what I that's what I learned. And shoe dog. What would you get out of shoe dog that actually, you know, mentally uh, prepare you or fortified you? Um, it was good. Um, it was a good way to keep my mind active. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a really good story. I, I went through that book very fast, even though it was like three hundred pages. Book, yeah. yeah. And um, I just enjoyed. Uh, Cause I, I'm a big Nike fan, and like seeing where Nike is right now, you know, one of the top companies, and uh, just hearing Phil Knight's story from the beginning, mm. you know, there was a point where he was in his room, and uh, I think at his parents' house, and yeah. he was like feeling like <clears throat> feeling like he wasn't moving, like kind of stuck, and mm -hmm. just. Um, it just made me made me appreciate him putting that story out there too because like you know I, I feel like that too sometimes and to see where he is at now yeah. like it makes me it inspires me and motivates me like I know I could be you know, there's no telling what I could do like yeah. I mean, there's no telling what you could do like even though we may be in this position you know from right now like a year later lifetime later yeah. we could build upon that and um, I liked um, I liked his little st story too about I think climbing a, a mountain in Japan mm -hmm. somewhere like that but just that he wanted to stop you know during the middle or something yeah and um, he just had the, the urge to keep going get to the top and yeah and I just feel like that's a good like microcosm for like for life like you have to just like keep going yeah. um, I, I also felt like like with tearing my Achilles and stuff uh, I now I'm running again but like yeah. not nowhere to the level I was running before yeah no you know, I, I was I was at Mesa putting in like you know 80 miles a yeah. week sometimes and stuff so like um, I I had this thought of like you know I'm not gonna get to that point ever again so like why run mm -hmm. but I feel like um, that's like dangerous I, I don't think that's the right thing to do like you yeah. have to just or that's the right mindset yeah. to act upon this running thing again yeah yeah uh huh so I have to. Like if I had, if I kept that mindset, I would just not run anymore. I'd just not do anything anymore. So I gotta like just just try it. Yeah, yeah. Keep it keep it on the simple side, man. Uh, well, I mean that's that's what I'm doing. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is to you know invite people first and foremost. Invite people to saying you know what this running thing it's an actual social activity. Yeah, and most people don't actually view it that way because when you're running, you have this facial expression of like, "Why the f am I doing this?" Yeah, no, right. You know, <laughs> for most people who aren't runners, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's important to to simplify it the best way possible so that people can say, "Yeah, it's not what I thought it was." Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the thing. So that's why I'm doing this podcast to just look. Everybody has a different perspective on the activity. Mm -hmm. If you tell me golf, I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, I can't do golf. But if someone mm -hmm. actually is willing to say, look, let's take the first steps of golf. 
and mm -hmm. I take the first steps of golf. And then if I want to get to step 10, what do I have to do? Take the second step, and then the third. Yeah. And there you go. Oh, okay, I can actually play golf now. Yeah, you're right. You know, that's that's all you gotta do to get to step 10. Yeah. Take the second one and know that you can take take the the, the third one and then the fourth one yeah. or the first one. Sorry, I miscounted steps. My chronological order. <laughs> it's not it's not that good. So yeah. obviously, you know, it's a, it's important to to know where you want to go mm -hmm. and know that you're actually doing something that makes you realize that you're actually getting closer. Yeah. So. You know, we talked about a lot on, you know, mental fortitude right now and spiritual fortitude, and you're doing the physical fortitude, you know, you're getting back into running. Yeah. Right? So, what has that process been for you at the moment right now? How, how many weeks are you into running, and then you can tell me, like, what you're feeling back at it again? Dude, it feels really good, actually. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> really amazing. Um, <laughs> Like, honestly, like, there's times where I'll go running and I, like, I feel like crying, like, out of happiness, like. Damn, okay. <laughs> That's, that like, is legit. That is legit. Like, just to be able to run again and um, just, like, take in the world, um, it's cool. And just, uh, like, honestly, like, I, you know, I'm... I, I smoke. I smoke weed. Okay, know? that's cool. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't mind. Dude, <laughs> look, if I'm being honest, I have smoked weed. <laughs> what? What? I can't say this in my. It's my own podcast. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. Um, yeah, I have smoked weed. That's so fine. Like, um, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm 27 now. And, yeah. Um, I think I smoked weed every day since like I was 21. Or oh something. shit. I was 22. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, um, I, I read Think and Grow Rich, though. Oh, and it bro. had a, It had a little chapter about decision-making. Mm -hmm. I, I, I quit my job, and I threw away all my weed that day. And, Holy um, shit. I, I haven't been smoking for, like, well, it's only two months, but. Bro, what are you talking it's about? Like, it's like. Two months and 60 days. You want me to, like, cut it down even more from 60 days to how many minutes it is? It's a lot. We don't, we don't want to get there. But, two months. But what I'm saying is, like, running has been, like, my way to get high now. Like, just, I feel so happy, like, just being out running and uh, just free, like, free out in nature. I feel one with, with, with the world when, yeah. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm running. And when I'm done running, it just feels like, uh, it puts, it sets the tone for the day. Like, it sets me at, like... Once I once I did those miles, you know, in the morning or even at night, like um, it makes me feel like, oh, I could do whatever today, you know, I could do, I could take on any type of challenge. And so, well, that's the thing about running; it's challenging. That's why most people don't do it. Oh, it's because I get tired and I get tired and I get sweaty <laughs> and because I get sweaty, it's it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. You know, and and I totally understand that uh, but what if you do it with someone else mm. right what if you invite someone to go out on a run with you and you guys both experience getting tired both experience getting sweaty both mm. experience putting in that effort yeah you know that's a whole different perspective now because it's two perspectives you know mm. I did my math 
<laughs> but that's that's crazy. You, you you use the power of decision making because that's obviously in the first couple of chapters of uh, of thinking forward. I know that the first chapter or the first lesson about thinking grow rich you have to have a burning desire yeah for the reason for whatever reason is that you have to have that purpose yeah that fuels that reason yeah right i liked in that book like he talked about how like he he asked you know i think a hundred people what they are and what they want to do and like only two people could answer what they are and what they what they want to do you know they had a goal and which I don't know, it's kind of surprising, it's funny. Like, a lot of people do go through life just kind of floating, drifting, mm-hmm. with no goal. Yeah. And they end up somewhere and they're like, oh, why did I end up here? But it's because, mm-hmm. like, they never had a purpose. They never had that intention. Yeah. Um, I like that word, of, intention. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of books I read, because I, I, I read a lot of, like, personal growth and just a lot of, like, wealth building books yeah um, a lot of them actually make that point where like you have to set that goal mm-hmm. you have to set that intention otherwise like you're not you just you're just floating like you're just taking what the world is giving you you're absolutely not, you're not like making the impact you're not making the difference yeah um, no definitely uh, I, I totally get it especially decision making I have this this idea of decision making. Like, if let's say you're in the matrix right now, right? Mm-hmm. They give you the blue pill and the red pill, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I want the green pill. <laughs> I said, no, but there's the blue pill and the red pill. No, but I want the green pill. Mm-hmm. I says, why do you want the green pill if you only have the blue pill and the red pill? Well, it's because the blue pill and the red pill are choices. Yeah. You're offering me something. Mm-hmm. But decision is that I am actually not acting upon those choices. I want something beyond yeah. the choices. Yeah. And that's that's how we uh, the, the the people who want to over succeed and, and, and want to present themselves in unimaginable ways. Yeah. They go beyond the possible of the choices to the you know the possibility of their decisions. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's important to decide because when you decide, it's like, well, I know you, I know what you're giving me, but I don't want any of those. I want yeah. something else beyond that point. So I mean, that's just an example that I that I that I'm putting out there. Uh, obviously, some people mostly just go like, oh yeah, well, every single day, every single second, every single whatever, I have to choose a blue pill or red pill. Am I gonna get a cup of coffee? Or am I gonna get a cup of tea? Mm-hmm. You know, most people. But if you already have the day planned, like, I'm always going to get coffee. I'm always going to get coffee. I'm always going to get coffee because I love coffee. Oh, there's no coffee today. Oh, well, I'll just get the tea. Who cares? Yeah. I'll just live through that life today with the tea and just go go with it. And that's how most people do. The deciding part is it's already, it's kind of like a set course. Yeah. The choosing part is, like, what's available right now, you know? And sometimes you get to those stages where there's just something available and you have to actually act upon those available choices. So yeah. I think I, it's good that, dude, I'm, I'm proud, one, that you actually took like a big ass decision of, hey, I'm gonna quit my job. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna stop smoking weed. <laughs> and I almost cried on running. Dear the Lord, my friend, like you almost made me cry right there. I was like, oh, wow, someone, someone actually feels it. Someone actually feels it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I want to ask you this very serious question uh, with, a, uh, with a couple of sub-questions is uh, 
this is the question that I post on my Instagram, their definition of running. So my question for you is, Havel Respis, have it. What is running? Running is, um, it's a choice you make to challenge yourself and push yourself to keep going. Um, when we were talking about choices, I, uh, it brings me back to the, one of my favorite books right now, too, Relentless. I mean, uh, yeah, Relentless mm -hmm. by Tim Grover. Tim Grover was the mental coach of Michael Jordan and uh -huh. Kobe Bryant. Relentless. Eric Avila told me about that book. So, Eric, yeah. if you hear this. Very good book. Yeah. Um, he, he says, make a choice or a choice will be made for you. And I, I really like that. It's, it stuck with me. And I feel like... Running, you, you make that choice to go running, you push yourself, and I think you really, you really appreciate it. You know, I mean, there's always those times where you feel like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, I feel so tired, but I think, I think you'll feel really grateful by the end of, by the end of the run. Nah, man, uh, I, I'm totally with you on that, because, you know, I mean, for, for a person like me, running always feels like a choice, but I want to make it a decision. I'm going to run every day. Except, you know, with my running program that I give myself one day off of every two weeks. Because, I mean, if I run 13 out of 14 days, that's almost still 90%, right? Yeah. So then I get one day to relax and be like, oh, man, I'm going to miss running. That's how I see it. Mm, yeah, yeah. You got to miss it a little bit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, but you said it's a choice that you make to challenge yourself. And every challenge actually makes us stronger. Yeah. When you when you overcome it, or even when you fall from it, because when you fall from it, 201. Yeah. CIF track. You know, man, I got I, I want to beat it because I know I can. Yeah. Right. It, just, it left a bad. You know that bad that saying left a bad taste like in my yeah. like I was just like uh -huh. I knew I could do more, you know? so I had to push myself. I feel you, man. Well, you know what? We didn't get to talk much about Jordan Peterson, but we, mm. or be, before this interview, we did talk or mention Jordan Peterson a little bit, that it's someone you heard that it's a good book, The 12 Rules for Life. And I, I'm pretty sure I've already said this in the podcast before, but Jordan Peterson in one of the rules, I always think it's rule seven. I don't know why, but there is one where he talks about, or about his, about being a parent. Mm-hmm. And if you were a parent, would you rather your kids to be safe or strong? Mm. That's one of, the, that's one of the, the analogies that he says. Would you rather your kids to be safe or strong? Because safe means that you're hiding them away from the challenge and yeah. they'll stay, stay safe. Strong is that they accepted the challenge and they grew or they learned from the challenge. Yeah. And then they know that they can get better. And that's what life is. It's just a challenge. Yeah, so I, I think like you can't protect them from everything. Yeah, and I feel like you, if you do protect them from everything, you might be like hindering them in a way. Like um, they might need to go through that that downfall, that that failure. Mm -hmm. um, another person I read is um, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah, he he talks about financial literacy and okay. um, one of the things he pointed out was how 
millionaires, um, um, their kids, their kids usually are not millionaires too. You know what I mean? They don't have like, a millionaire mindset, or yeah, well, cause like the millionaires and the the first generation millionaires, they they become millionaires, then they kind of just give everything to their kids, mm. and their kids don't know how to like make it for themselves. Gotcha. And so I think it's important to to have know what failure is and know just know how to get back to it. To, um, being successful yeah no I, I I can I can I can see that because it, that, that's the, the you spoiled someone yeah yeah, yeah exactly. you're spoiling your kids uh, and I think I talked to I mean I, I'm always talking about philosophical or, or perspective aspects of every single person of failures and success and when we talk about failures is that dude you're, you're supposed to know what failure is yeah yeah right and if it hurts even more, get away from that mm-hmm. to chase what success is. Uh, one of my, one of the people who I listen to, his name is Jim Rohn, and he says, "Everybody wants happiness, but nobody knows what happiness is because they don't study it." Yeah. Right? Because if you study it, you understand it, you know it, and you can actually define when you chase for it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think that's that's one of the things that I really like that Jim Rohn says. Like, if you want happiness, study happiness. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 one of those ideas that that people need to know how to distinguish what 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 one thing is from what the other thing is not. Yeah. All right. So that's the aspect and idea on that. Well, you know what, Havoc, we're here at the last couple minutes of this podcast. Uh, I've enjoyed having this conversation with you. Awesome hanging out with you. This cup of coffee here at Subterranean. If yep. they sponsor me for the next episode, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but you know, just to close things off a little bit, and I know you can hear all the, the, the machine grinding and you know steaming up the milk, because I used to work at a coffee shop. I know what they're doing back there. Uh, if you were to you know share some contribution of your own thoughts or something that actually motivates you, on a daily basis, what would you like to share for other people to say, oh, wow, I heard those words and, you know, they, they motivated me and kept me going. So what would you want to share uh, on this podcast for others? I like, uh, I like, um, what was his name? Jared Rohn? Oh, Jim Rohn. Uh, oh well. Oh, the, Coach Jared Rome. Yeah, yeah. Coach Jared Rome, San Diego Mesa College, in our introduction class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he really helped me actually, because I remember um, he said a big part of uh, success was visualizing, uh-huh. visualizing yourself there, and um, I think uh, you know I, I'm I'm learning about the law of attraction and mm-hmm. um, how the world is. It's, it's a mind too. Yeah. So um, it's cool. I, I actually was trying to make state one year, and um, the whole year I had that in my mind. I was visualizing myself at the state race, like at the starting line, um, getting ready. I would always like in my mind, I was getting like I was getting I was getting nervous and stuff. Like I actually felt like I was there. Mm-hmm. And, 
like I would do that like every almost every night just visualizing myself there and uh, I remember uh, SoCal finals I think yeah um, I ran a good good time I think like 401 or something for the 1500 oh, 1500 yeah yeah so um, I think I needed to get um, third place but uh -huh. I got fourth place uh, and so, you know, I didn't qualify for, uh, for the state, for the state um, meet. But then, um, like, later that day, um, you know, remember Coach uh, Ross? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, so she called me and she was like, do you want to be, do you want to run in the state race? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, of course. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, she said, well, I guess something happened where not enough people from the north side qualified. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so they asked more representatives for the South. Uh -huh. And so I ended up qualifying, like without getting the place. Yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do with just myself visualizing myself there already. Yeah. Like, um, I think the world kind of helped me get there. Like, yeah. um, so I just, I just like people to just, I know it's hard sometimes to be like, uh, like things seem so far away. Yeah. But like you were saying, with, if you want to learn golf, like you gotta see yourself at the tenth step. But you gotta know that it's, it's there's baby steps to yeah. it. Yeah. Step one, step two. Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta visualize yourself there at the end, because mm. otherwise you're not gonna, you're not gonna ever start. Like if you if you're like, oh, it's too big or it's too. It's too much. Like, you have to just start, take those baby steps. Absolutely, man. Visualize yourself there. Take the baby steps. Just know where you want to go. I think it's a very important aspect of this whole journey in life. And obviously, you know, we're doing it through running. And some people are learning how to, you know, get to the end of the, the finish line or, you know, you know, hang on to through the whole distance and the process of it. And I'm still hanging on right now. I'm hanging on. I'm, I still haven't quit. I still haven't decided to, to say, you know what, I'm going to go go get a job that guarantees me to have a good chunk of money. And, you know, but that's, a, that's, another, that's another topic for another day. <laughs> that's another topic for another day. But my, I do want to say that's some good stuff right there, Havoc. That's some good stuff, and I truly appreciate it. Uh, ooh, that's David Bowie right there. Still don't know what I was waiting for. But my time was running wild. Yeah, yeah. So let's finish off with that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, friends and listeners, thank you very much for joining and listening to On the Run with Sal, the podcast where we correlate philosophy and running through a good conversation. A very personal thank you, Havel Raspis, Havoc. Oh, man. Thank it's, you, Sal. No, no, no. I truly appreciate you accepting this invitation. I hope you enjoyed your cup of coffee. I did. As well as this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and obviously, it's, it's great seeing you, man. Um, but other than that, I hope everybody out there got to listen this run, this ramble run. And uh, as always, just hope to, you guys enjoyed the episode and get to see you next time. Adios. Bye. <laughs>